there's always going to be differing opinions. And for the most part, I've had a really positive reception from the people I have talked about this with. The ones that stand out to me are, are usually from couples who either watch together or making these steps in their relationships. And a lot of people have said, hey, you've helped make me feel a little bit more okay about having these feelings or being this way or, or wanting to, you know, go out and do whatever thing they want to do, right? Reaching a massive audience on a different online platform altogether, adult content creator Serenity Cox is my guest on this episode of Worldwide Celeb. World. She's all over my social media, my TikTok. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Music from YouTube. The real. Behind every internet famous face you see in your scroll is a real person with an entire life offline. Freedom of expression. These are their stories. Hello and welcome to Worldwide Celeb, where we strip away the digital curtain and introduce you to the real people behind the personalities you see every day as you scroll through your feed, click around the internet, or even listen to your favorite podcast. My name is Chris Kelly. My guest this episode is a bit unique compared to most of the guests we've had on the podcast in that her audience online comes from a different funnel altogether. While many of our guests built up a following on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube, my guest this episode has amassed more than 350 million views on Pornhub. She's done that in spite of having a fraction of content offered on the platform as compared to others with a similar number of views and has done it in a relatively short period of time. She also has since built an OnlyFans empire in addition to a tremendous following on traditional social media platforms as well. She's going to surprise you a bit in this episode because she's not your stereotypical, quote, porn star. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But just from the interview process and setting this up, I can tell you firsthand she's intelligent. She's very well spoken on a variety of topics. And in addition to being an award-winning adult content creator, she's super cool, totally approachable. And I'm really looking forward to this chat. Serenity Cox, welcome to Worldwide Celeb. <laughs> Thank you for all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Brevity has never been my strong suit. I need to work on that with this podcast. No, that's okay. I sound awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get started, in every episode, I give our guest a secret word. It could be an ordinary word or it can be something preposterous, but it's the guest's job to work that word into the conversation as many times as possible between now and the end of the episode. It's your job as a listener to try and figure out what the word is and tweet it to us. There are no prizes. You don't win anything. It's just fun for the sake of stupid fun. Serenity has been given her secret word off the air before the show, so keep your ear out for what you might think it is over the course of the episode. So how are you today? I'm doing great. I'm very excited to be chatting with you. Where are you today? Where in the world are you right now? I am at home in Toronto. Toronto. I love Toronto. As it, I always feel like Toronto, if you've ever been to Chicago, I feel like Toronto and Chicago are very similar in that uh, you got a bunch of big buildings, a bunch of good food, and a blistering wind off the lake freezing your nose pretty much, what, eight months out of the year? <laughs> That's a pretty good summary of the city, yeah. I do like it, though. I promise. I love it. It's home. Like, we, uh, we live fairly close to downtown. But at the same time, it's just this community of wonderful people, and you just feel like not big city, just like a, a neighborhood feel. I really love it. That is true. And that's very reminiscent of the Midwest and the U.S. as well. A lot of those little neighborhoods. So uh, let's kind of start with the obvious, obviously, which is a little redundant use of words there. You are unique among the guests that I've had so far on the podcast. In fact, if any interview I've ever done, ever, um, kind of the elephant in the room here, your path to 
adult entertainment hasn't really been traditional. Not that I really know what that means, but your kind of meteoric success is not typical for a quote-unquote amateur who gets into this business. How did this all happen exactly? Or do you not even know? I'm still trying to figure this out, how this all happened. Um, like you're right. Our, our intention, I say our, I, I often refer to myself, not just as myself, but my husband and I as a, as a, a team or partner, even though the, uh, you know, Serenity Cox is the, the figure that everybody knows. I, you'll hear me saying our and we, because it's always a, a team effort. Um, but our intention was not to become adult film, <laughs> adult film famous or, or adult content creators in the beginning. Um, this was more of a, it started as just a personal venture for our own growth and relationship and just uh, became something we never expected, but we're super excited about. <laughs> so go, walk me through the process. Like I don't, uh, I, I wouldn't know where to, not that I have the, the moxie to be like, oh, people want to see this because I do not have that moxie. But if I did, how, how do you go about just one day doing your business at home and the next thing you know, you're putting it out there for everybody to see? How did that conversation go? So I, it was a gradual process. Um, I, I mean, I'll, I'll give you our, our sort of backstory, how we got into this. It's hard to keep it short because it was a very long process. Um, so the real creating adult content online started, I'd say 2020. It was a pandemic hobby, I guess you could call it. Um, my, my husband and I were just starting to explore, um, something we refer to as ethical non-monogamy. Um, and, uh, part of that was, did, by the way, did you, did you coin that term or no. did that term exist? Oh, no, no, really? no. This is a, this is a term that I was not aware of before we started doing it until I started doing more research into, uh, what we were doing and realize it's a thing and other people are doing it too. Mm. Um, but very few people are talking about it. Um, but yeah, ethical non-monogamy was a term that, that we came across in articles and books, which is a very broad term and it can include a whole range of different, uh, relationship types and dynamics. But for us, um, we decided that I was going to go on dates with other gentlemen and have experiences with other gentlemen. And then, come back and tell my husband about it. And this was very exciting for him and obviously very exciting for me as well. <laughs> um, and so that was sort of our, our little adventure that we started in 2020. And that um, was not, that was not f uh, for the that, purpose of filming at the uh, time, right? It was just for fun. <laughs> that was not, no, that was just our, our own, our own fun, our own, um, you know, developing our own intimacy and dynamics and, um, and just exploring things together. Now, we started getting a little riskier on what we were doing and a little more fun. Um, and I would meet people and have experiences with them, um, which I would then uh, take videos of for my husband instead of just coming home and saying, guess what I just did with this gentleman. <laughs> I, I would uh, bring my, and obviously with the consent of the, the person I was going out with, be like, I, I need to, <laughs> I need to show my husband this. <laughs> right? And it was all part of the fun and part of the game is I'd, I'd either, you know, send him a video or, I'd come home and show him and like it would enhance our intimacy together as well. So taking these videos started becoming a big part of what we did. Um, and then as we, you know, <laughs> went to the next stage in our exploration, we decided to um, invite others uh, who I, you know, <laughs> had been out with to join us together um, in, uh, in an intimate way uh, with my husband. 
And the part that he really liked to play in this was videoing it. Mm. Um, so obviously we'd find people who were okay with that and we had trust with, and he would take videos. And even still, that was before it clicked. Yeah. So then uh, we discovered, the fir- before Pornhub, before <laughs> OnlyFans or anything, um, we discovered an online uh, sort of social media community called Fat Life, And it's a big website. And it's kind of, I describe it as like a Facebook for kinky people or Facebook for <laughs> like <laughs> for all walks of, of fetish and kink. And, you know, you make a profile, you can be anonymous or not, or it, there, and you just put what you're interested in. And there's discussion forums and there's um, galleries and there's all sorts of things. You can connect with other people who have, you know, you list your, your, what you're into and you can connect with other people who have similar interests or find uh, people who, you know, want to meet up for the same sort of thing. Um, anyway, we found this, this web community and we made a profile for myself and for him. And we we're like, wouldn't it be so fun to post some of these, like post some sexy photos, post some of these like little clips and videos that we've done um, just for people to enjoy. And that was part of the thrill too, was, was having other people see us do what we're doing in a very, uh, discreet way. You know, I, the first photos I put up, I had a mask on. I like, nobody could see what my face was. Um, it was very, you know, just sort of like keeping our identities a, a secret, but also getting the thrill of like being exposed out there, you know? And so that was, that was so, it was very thrilling. And that's how we started, um, putting things out there online. And through that website, we started getting feedback and then very quickly uh, grew a following on, on there. And so I'd start putting out photos, mostly just photos at first, putting out photos every week and people were liking it and more people were signing up and encouraging. Um, and then we'd do more uh, video stuff. And this is all just like free. It's all just for our fun. Um, and it just, it, it got uh, to be our, our this big hobby. And we would do, this, you know, Daily, we talked about like, oh my gosh, what do you want to do next to post on FetLife? Um, and then, what was it? Summer of 2021, <laughs> my husband comes to me and he's like, I have a feel about putting one of our videos on Pornhub. <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, I don't know, Pornhub, that's kind of like everybody can see that. It's so public. Um, and then we found so FetLife out that, is, so, I'm sorry. So FetLife yeah. was like a private. You, you had, had to have a membership. A, I, ah, okay. I, like, you don't pay, but it's still, it wasn't as it's not as big. It's not porn. Like it's not a, a big streaming site. Right. 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 It's more just like a, I don't know, more like social media, more like, a, okay. sorry, more like, like a Facebook type of thing. Um, so then I looked at Pornhub and the thing that got me was they have something called the model program, which is like a goals-based uh, rewards <laughs> program where you uh, get a certain amount of subscribers and you get swag that says Pornhub on it. Oh, and wow, I didn't know at the time that you actually got paid real money for Pornhub. I thought I was doing this to get free swag. And I was like, yes, I want the free swag. <laughs> so I had no idea. Um, so we put up a video and it was just like, it was just fun. We didn't have our faces in our first things either. And, uh, and I was like, I can't wait to get my free swag. If I get 25,000 subscribers, and it was a big joke. Cause I was like, we're never going to get 25,000 subscribers to our channel. Uh, we called ourselves, it wasn't even, I didn't even have the name Frenity Cop. We were called Hot Weiss Adventures. And it was very like short clips. Uh, and somehow our couple of clips we put up started getting a lot of views and we started getting subscribers. And I feel like it was only a few months later, we hit our 25,000. I had this box in the mail with like 
Pornhub merchandise. And I was like, I'm hooked. And then I realized that we got paid for it as well. It was also like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> I'm getting a paycheck here. Um, so yeah, so we kept going and uh, I was like, this, this is fantastic. So yeah, we kept going. Um, things got like, the subscribers kept coming. The views kept coming. We started making more and more content. We started getting more swag. <laughs> closet full of stuff that, that I don't know what to do with. Um, and, and yeah, it was, it's been fantastic. Uh, and then from there, um, we entered the OnlyFans uh, market. Uh, mostly as a, I had a lot of private messages through porn of people saying, do you have an OnlyFans? I'd love to support you on OnlyFans. Mostly people that wanted... I guess to know a little bit more about me personally, um, have more of a uh, an interaction with me. And so for a long time, I didn't have an OnlyFans. It's only about a year ago I, I actually opened up an account, and uh, and that's changed things uh, as well. Like I have a, a huge following on OnlyFans now. Um, it's been incredible, and it's a it's a whole different kind of of content, and uh, it's more of a personal level where you um, I don't know, you can you can interact more and um, kind of, I show a little bit more of like who I am, you know, Serenity Cox, the person, as opposed to just the videos that you see. So, um, yeah, the purpose of this podcast, in other yeah. words, so you're out there doing it anyway, <laughs> and you were all nervous about having this interview. Uh, let me ask you this because I, I, and I'm jumping all over the place here in the, the, the natural order of the way I thought some of these questions were going to go. What is the actual like business model for an adult content creator uploading their stuff to like Pornhub, for example? Is it based on ad views like YouTube or so? Yeah, it's uh, every time the every time somebody clicks play and an ad plays, then you get a, a percentage of a penny on that or. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly the same as as YouTube, but for adults. A whole different. Instead. Yeah, right. A yeah. whole different kind of uh, you're not watching uh, Blippy <laughs> or <laughs> any of the things that we watch on YouTube. A little different. <laughs> Do you let me ask you this, because I uh, obviously as you kind of just walked us through sort of where it started and then one thing leads to another after another and you're like, a light bulb goes off, ding, hey, we can put this here, we can put this there. Something I've I've been curious about in the last couple of weeks, do you have, do, because you and your husband, as you mentioned, you kind of work as a team here and even though you are the, the name and the brand, so to speak, he's very much a 50-50 in this creative process and the business process, do, is there a business plan? Do you have a business plan where you're like, this is what we want to do and these are the goals and are there spreadsheets? And I mean, is, is it is it like a, a massive operation behind the scenes or are you just having a good time and cash and checks when they come? That's a tough question. <laughs> so yes and no. Um, our main plan was get to the point where we pay off our mortgage and then figure it out. Um, so... <laughs> We've done that, and now we're figuring it out. <laughs> now it's right. That's, that's where we're at. <laughs> are there, as, as part of the business side of it, are there, like, brand opportunities in the adult content world? So a lot of the people that I've talked to uh, for this podcast already, they, you know, a good chunk of their income comes from this beverage company or this clothing company that pays them to try out their stuff and to wear their things and put their, you know, can of whatever soda on the shelf behind in the shop behind them, product placement and stuff like that. Have any companies re is does that exist in the adult content space? Yeah, it actually does. Um there's a <laughs> there are companies that I probably do a lesser extent, 
But there are companies, for example, adult toy companies sure. who will reach out and say, will you use one of my products in a video? I use such and such amount of money, um, you know, show the name, send a link, put a, a, a discount code on your video. Um, there's um, like lingerie companies uh, have reached out. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> I haven't uh, taken up many of those opportunities yet, but um, they are out there. I think that my entire knowledge of the adult film business is from the movie Boogie Nights. You remember that movie? <laughs> Which, as you don't spit up your coffee there. <laughs> but it was, that was obviously not the most wholesome of portrayals of the industry. So seeing as you and your husband own all of your content, you're 100%, it's just you guys, the creative force behind it and the business and the whole nine yards, essentially acting as producers and directors and obviously starring in the videos... But what is the process for de uh, determining like how, when, and where you shoot your stuff? So like in the movie, uh, Jackie Treehorn was his name, if you remember. That's the Burt Reynolds character who's kind of a sleazebag. Uh, but a great oh. character for a, for a movie. He kind of pairs actors together that sort of orchestrates the scenarios that they're going to play out. And, um, you know, is the, the guy pulling all the puppet springs, uh, strings, so to speak. Do you guys have some kind of like a production calendar where you say, oh, we're going to be here and we're going to film with these people and da 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 and you plan it out or do you just simply hit record and let the good times roll? So the, I guess the beauty of uh, amateur, uh, amateur content creation as, as, as we are, um, is that we have all the control over what we, what we do, what we produce, who we work with. Some weeks we have a big plan where we're going to do this and this and this and we've, you know, connected with other people who are content creators and we're going to meet up with them and we have these plans and some weeks we're just like we're just gonna wing it and have fun and and that's the beauty we can just do what as long as we're we try to put out you know a video um two videos a week uh for only fans and one to two for uh Pornhub and as long as we make our quota we we, we always have ideas. There's, there's, <laughs> there's no shortage of ideas <laughs> for what to do, but, but it's all just, it's just me and my husband um, and some of our friends that we, that we uh, film with just shooting ideas out and, and having laughs and just going with it. So how conscious of you, you, you mentioned uh, sometimes you just kind of wing it or whatever. And I, it occurs to me, I haven't really touched on like the fact that you, you, still have a normal job and you don't this is not a full-time thing for you this is like a like you said a hobby that ended up being kind of a i guess it'd be a serendipitous mistake that oh we're gonna do this this is what we like we're gonna put it online boom we paid off the mortgage and everything is going great but it's not you're not all in on this full-time so how conscious are you of your content as you kind of navigate your normal daily life like anything ever happen and you're like oh i gotta turn this into a video or a social media post or something like that and i because i've mentioned to you before uh i believe i referred to you much like a superhero where you live a pretty normal life and then you go into this serenity cox world and like do you ever walk down the, the aisle at the grocery store and ding something goes off and you're like oh write that down yeah or text it to your husband <laughs> all the time um mostly with location so i i uh, for anyone who, who does follow what we do and the type of content we do, a lot of it is um, sort of, uh, <laughs> I describe this without sounding terrible, um, sort of like more public or outdoors or um, sort of sneaky exhibitionist type stuff. And so locations is a huge thing. So in our 
daily lives. We are constantly on the lookout for um, cool, fun and exciting locations or areas of the city um, that are sort of like hidden, but would be, you know, interesting yet not illegal to solve something <laughs> you know so we're always in, always on the lookout for locations and we texting each other i'll send a photo to my husband and be like you know look where i am right now this would be great for for a film um yeah so we're always location wide we're, we're always uh shooting things back and forth to each other um because that's mostly what rather than scenarios our scenarios are all fairly similar it's very um hot hot is the term we use like it's very much like what and what it, Ah. Go ahead. You mentioned that before, yeah. and I didn't stop you yeah. then to define that for me. So what exactly is that? So uh, a hot wife relationship is uh, a, a married couple or, or partners who the woman referred to as the hot wife seeks out um, sexual experiences with other men besides their husband. It's a it's sort of a one sided thing where the husband uh, there's different levels of his involvement in it, but it's always the wife going out and having fun. So it's, it would be a a practice, so to speak, of ethical non-monogamy. It would be the practice of ethical non-monogamy. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> it's one of the forms, one of the many forms. Yeah. There's so much, people are so damn judgy all the time. And I just feel like a lot of what you do, you specifically, um, is very healthy versus some of the unhealthy stuff out there. Admittedly, there is a lot of unhealthy things out there in this category. But when used for powers of good instead of evil... Yeah, you know what? You're you're doing pretty good. So how do you how do you combat that stigma if for example, you get into a conversation with somebody that say you're at a cocktail party and they go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know your face or whatever." And then it comes up, how how do you how do you deal with that? Um there's always going to be differing opinions and for the most part I've had a really positive uh reception from the people I have talked about this with. And some of the most touching experiences I've had through this is the comments I get from subscribers on my OnlyFans or some messages through social media, um, like Instagram, Twitter, or um, Pornhub messages uh, from the ones that stand out to me are, are usually from couples who um, either watch together or who are going down a path of ethical non-monogamy or, you know, one of the, the, the <laughs> there's so many different polyamorous uh, relationship types. Uh, or exploring kink or, you know, making these steps in their relationships. And a lot of people have said, hey, you've been an inspiration or, um, you know, we we watch your content together and it's really made things exciting for us um, or asked questions about, you know, how we, you know, what kind of discussions we had or, or you know, how we found other people who have similar interests. And there's been a lot of discussion just through these these sites. And yeah, for the most part, it's people just watching and, and getting off, et cetera. But there's been some really great conversations I've had with people through it and and uh, where I feel like I've, you know, helped make things feel more OK for other couples who are doing this or even just women on their own being like, I feel, you know, I, I'm like a sexual woman and I, you know, I watch your stuff and I see how you're showing, you know, the enjoyment and the, um, you know, the, the female empowered uh, content. And it makes me feel like it's OK to be, you know, it's this. You could right. use this, this, the term, you know, slut shaming where, where you know, it's, it's historically not been as okay for women to be um, sexual beings or seek out the, you know, their sexual satisfaction. So, you know, other women either in the industry or just consuming the uh, content um, have said, hey, you've helped make me feel a little bit more okay about 
having these feelings or being this way or, or wanting to, you know, go out and do whatever thing they want to do, right? Um, so that's been uh, meaningful. I will say that over the course of the last handful of weeks, uh, just socially with friends and coworkers and whatever is talking about, oh, what are you working on? I get this podcast, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to be interviewing this person and this person and this person. A significant amount of women know, knew who you were in that conversation. And I was like, that's so cool. I, I don't know if I was more surprised by the fact that they knew you specifically or by the pure volume of women I know that actually watch porn online. <laughs> that kind of took me by surprise a little bit. But I think that you're onto something in saying that, um, you know, kind of the, the approach that you can tackle this from uh, is in that, uh, I mean, it's the empowerment or whatever you, I think validation is, is the word I'm looking for, you know? It's all right to feel this way. It's all where your intentions are coming from. I don't know. It's not all bad stuff. And I, I hope that uh, in, in the world that you operate in, you don't get painted with that brush too frequently because I think you're too nice and you have genuinely good intentions. That's my judgment here on a video screen. Obviously, I don't know you personally, personally, but nonetheless. Hey, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I do. I do hope to have like at least the teeniest part in changing that uh, perception of the industry. Um, I think you said healthy as opposed to something you know, like dirtier. Than and, and is there how, how has it within the context of that, how have you been received inside the industry? Like as a newcomer sort of taking your own path and finding success, have others been welcoming or how do you fit in when, with your peers when you've had the opportunity to interact with them? Is anybody kind of, I mean, I don't, I guess you don't have to out anybody, but is anybody kind of pissed about this? Like <laughs> here's this woman, no. she shows up like yesterday and all of a sudden she's, you were ranked, where did I read? Number four something, most popular something, something somewhere. And the uh, on Pornhub, yeah, the amateur models, yeah, number four. <laughs> so, does anybody see that chart and go, "Damn it, that's Serenity Cox again"? Yeah, or, or, I, I don't are, know. are you making friends? Are you nice to people? People seem to be very supportive and very encouraging. I've never come across anyone who had anything negative to say to my to my face anywhere. <laughs> um, it, it's been a surprisingly supportive community. Um, also, that being said, it's a in the amateur and producing my own content, most people are doing things from their own homes, their own places. And there's not a lot of, of real interaction in person with other creators. Ah, sure. Um, besides the people who I've done collaborations with. Uh, so whether, you know, oh. only fans and Pornhub um, creators. And I mean, maybe it's just the, the people that I choose to work with, but everybody's been, been fantastic. And I think one of the one of the main things I've discovered in interacting with other people in this industry is that, you know, you, you think the stereotypical um, porn star, I don't know, people have a certain uh, way of viewing a, a porn star, which I don't like to refer to myself as. So I'm using hand quotations, even though it's just audio. <laughs> I know. I don't I don't like that. I've used the term a couple of times in this episode already, and I don't like it either. And it, it's not not only because it's dated. But I think it implies something. It's it's only <laughs> I, I did an interview the other day and we were talking about the term influencer and how inf the term influencer is generally used in kind of a negative connotation these days, as she put it, almost hurled like an insult. And I feel like the term porn star is also kind of used contextually in that way, which is not correct. 
or justified necessarily, but it's kind of the nature of the beast. So adult content creator, maybe. Instead. And, yeah. And I tend to use that a lot more adult content, adult content creator, because I think, you know, when I use the term pornography or porn, it just, yeah, it sounds, even though it's not, it sounds like a negative, like you said, like sounds like, like a negative word, pornography, like it's wrong, bad. So adult content, I feel like has a better uh, or more mature <laughs> sound you to it. You and, and I want you to talk about talk about your perception of um, what your perception of adult content was prior to becoming a content creator and how maybe it's changed a little bit since you've taken this path and how there is kind of a, a I don't want I don't want to use the term pornography again, how adult content actually does can and does serve a healthy purpose for people in their sex lives and their relationships and personal growth as a whole not everything that's created in this category is just quote smut it's like there is there is a purpose to some of it too right yeah um i could go on for a really long time so i'm trying to gather the right thoughts to make this as as concise as possible um as far as my knowledge of the industry bef before i started creating it was zero i had i did not know anything about the porn industry i didn't know anything about the adult content industry um <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna backtrack to like my teenage years and, you know, as you know, kids born in like the seventies and eighties are like, we're like the generation that first started watching internet porn, right? Like this is, this right. is when, you know, the very first, it started becoming more accessible to people besides looking in like nude magazines or, or you know, the, the fuzzy TV channels or whatever, right? <laughs> 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 I laugh because it's true. <laughs> like it's the, the internet. Like it was, it was, it was new in our, in our youth and when we're in our, our puberty years, right. It started uh, becoming, uh, you know, in our, in our, in our faces and more easily accessible. Um, and so the stuff that was available back then versus what is out there now is very different. Um, mm -hmm. And I can remember uh, when I was, I think I was in university. I, I watched some some documentary at school, and it was about the adult industry, and in a very bad light. And I remember seeing like the, the the mistreated and exploited people in the industry, and being absolutely shocked and horrified. Um, and then like deciding, I can't, I can't watch porn. I can't watch any of this. I can't support this industry. And I can remember when I think back to myself, like, look at you now, <laughs> I know, right? And like, <laughs> I and I thought that when I started actually viewing uh, stuff, you know, in the in the new internet days, I would always go towards like cartoon or hentai stuff because I'm like, it's not real people, so it's okay. <laughs> and, like, this was my pathway into adult content, um, co like consuming the adult content because I was terrified to support an industry where people were being exploited and, and abused. And, you know, cause this was, this was the stuff that was out there was the negative stuff about the industry. And you didn't hear about the people who are, you know, creating, and in other terms, ethical porn, um, right. which is what I try to be a huge advocate for nowadays. Um, until I started putting things out there, I, before I, before I put a video on Pornhub, I, I read about, it. I'm like, what is Pornhub? And that's when I brought up all the stuff uh, you might have seen on the documentary recently where they did a huge overhaul of verified content and they got rid of anything that wasn't verified. And when I saw that, you know, when I created my profile, I had to, you know, take all my my photos with my ID and and write in all my information and any uh, other 
creators or performers in my videos, you know, including my husband and my, you know, good friend who we do stuff with, they don't have the exact same thing. I had to show that this is them in the video. And that made me feel comfortable um, using that company, uh, Pornhub, to put my videos out there. And uh, recently I've started uploading onto um, X Hamster as well, um, just in the past month. Uh, and because I and let me let me just say I and this is no reflection of your opinions, but what a dumb name for a porn website. <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. Fair. <laughs> that, I said that she didn't carry on. Um, it would have ruined my new relationship with this. Are you excited? <laughs> I didn't. Hey, you didn't say it. I'm just saying you just laughed at it, which means you also think it's true. But carry on. Sorry. I want it on record that I have no uh, part in naming the websites that I'm involved in. <laughs> yeah, no, she's she's fine. She, she thinks it's a great name. It's a great name, guys. You're doing great. Um, so yeah, they, the, the same thing. They had an overhaul and they're, they're um, stepping up their game on verifying their users. And I know nothing's perfect and there's still going to be stuff out there that's not ethically done. And there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, but I feel, I feel like as... If I can put as much out there that's paused, like sex positive, um, ethically done, feminist, if you will, um, like pro consent, like all the, all these good things. If I can put out good adult content, whenever I have, like, I think this loops back to what I was saying about meeting some of the other content creators and just how impressed I am with their business knowledge, with their financial knowledge, with their uh, technological knowledge, um, because everybody's, you know, you you create, you edit, you um, you know, you, you advertise, you, you promote, you push your, for your product. It's you're running a business when you're doing amateur work and I'm still learning because I mean, even though I've had a, a really successful last couple of years, it's still new. And so I'm, I'm still in this learning stage and I'm, I'm, I'm every time I meet a new creator, I'm learning from them as well. And there's some brilliant people out there that are making like incredible, incredible work and, and setting themselves up very well. <laughs> to say <laughs> is is there inside the business i feel like i've got a million questions and i don't i'm never going to get to all of them in this episode but is there like a coach inside the business somewhere like social media influencers and whoever have like mentors and coaches that can show you best practices like always post at 4 p.m on a tuesday and here's how to light a room and here's how to like is there something like that in the adult content world where you can kind of get coached up on how to make uh, f how to film and how to release and how to market and all that stuff. You know what? Probably. Probably it would be a, a great role to have. Um, we have not uh, employed anyone in that in that realm. Um, it's uh, it's kind of my husband's passion cracking the code. It's uh, yeah. you know figuring out the algorithms and the whole business side of it and and you know and it, exa it exactly comes down to that what time on what day of the week right performs the best when you put out your videos and he loves that stuff so you know he's the one with the charts and the graphs and the looking at all the stats and <laughs> i just like i'll i'll, I'll film this you tell me <laughs> when to post it and he loves it so we haven't uh sought out that type of of help but i'm probably people out there who uh we're doing that. What are to that effect? What are you still interested in doing that you haven't done, or at least trying, either professionally, personally, anything? What intrigues you? And it doesn't have to be in the adult space. It could be skydiving or opening a fruit stand, whatever um, you know, floats your boat. So we we talk about this a lot, and I don't have a solid answer for you yet at this point. But 
um, we're very aware that we have created a following and we have access on a large scale to a lot of people. So, and I, we're also quite aware that adult content is not something that we can continue to produce you know, forever. Um, there is a, there's a limit to, you know, you know, being a factor in a lot of things. Um, it's not going to happen forever. So there will be an end to Serenity Cox as an adult content creator and, um, what direction we're going to go after that is, is yet to be determined. You do have a very large captive audience that, you know, maybe is interested in, in baking with Serenity Cox. <laughs> or, or yeah, it might be that. Um, I don't think it'll be a, <laughs> I don't think it'll be a total 180 from me yet, from where I'm headed right now. I'm not going to start doing like evangelical preaching or anything on my platform. Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> right. <laughs> now that would be interesting. That would probably open up a whole new can of worms, I would imagine. But yeah. so one of my favorite bits of the podcast is where I pull a bunch of biographical information from a bunch of random sites across the internet, which you probably have heard, uh, and you know what I'm talking about. So, you know, <laughs> I don't know. You know these sites because uh, someone Googles, for example, how tall is Serenity Cox, and you get 50 websites all claiming to have the most up-to-date biographical information about you. Most of the time so far, it's been kind of ridiculous and hilarious, so I'm going to read you some of the things I found out about you online, and you tell me if it's true or false. I love it because I haven't checked this stuff for a while. <laughs> so we'll start here. For starters, true or false, you are a Libra. True. Okay, so one true. You are five foot seven inches tall. True or false? True. True, really. That's the first time that anybody's height has been accurate. Uh, although five seven is like a pretty safe guess, I feel like, for <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of women. Uh, you apparently really enjoy cooking. Is that true or false? That is false. I hate cooking. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know where they come up with some of this stuff. but I've done uh, some this... kitchen scenes before. <laughs> <laughs> probably not the kind of cooking they're talking about in here or maybe it was i don't know in that context yes you do really enjoy cooking um i feel like they hedge their bets on this next one with a lot of different people it says your favorite colors are white and blue false false what is your favorite color not that that's an interesting question but as favorite well. color is purple Purple, huh? Favorite foods. I think there's no way that this is possible because it's too generic. And again, I feel like they're hedging their bets by throwing multiple things up there. It says your favorite food is pizza, sandwiches, and <laughs> burgers. Someone's <laughs> probably seen me eating those things on social media. I, <laughs> I also did a pizza guy scene once, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess false. They're all they're all okay. <laughs> <laughs> um that's hilarious apparently your favorite sports so we are let's see you've so far we've got libra yes five seven yes cooking no wrong on the favorite color wrong so we're three falses and two trues apparently your favorite sports are hockey and football but i feel like the hockey bit landed there just because you're canadian so that should be <laughs> go hockey are you oh, yeah 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 huh? Go team. So are you, you're obviously not into sports at all then, right? Uh, not a, not a huge sports person. No. Oh, I'm going to, we're yeah. going to go ahead and call that one negative uh, as a false there. And last but not least, to follow me. Yeah, the tiebreaker of these seven items 
Uh, one site says that you are very active in philanthropy, that you have donated to several charities and have spoken out in support of various causes. You are very passionate about giving back to your community and helping those in need. <laughs> Way to make me feel like a jerk here. No, no, no. I, I'm just saying. I don't know what. I don't know where they get the spoken out in support of various causes because I, I literally have heard one interview with you and that's it. I have not seen you speaking out anywhere else about anything. So I didn't think that was necessarily true. So we're four false and three true. So that website is completely full of crap. I enjoyed it though. Uh, let's see. So kind of a lightning round uh, on these questions. I ask everybody these next few questions. So no pressure whatsoever in, uh, there's no right answers. There's no wrong answers. These are like the, um, just trying to, uh, you know, kind of get to know you offline type of, of a thing. So first question, what is your worst bad habit? Sorry. <laughs> I, and I, I'm going to say, I'm going to, so I'm going to say, no, no. as we're doing this interview, even though it's audio only, I can see Serenity in front of me on my screen and her eyes just darted side to side like she was looking for like notes on the walls or something. Okay, okay. I think I threw her for a my loop on that My worst bad one. habit is probably just my procrastination. Do you have um, any guilty pleasures like binging a certain TV show or something you just can't do without, maybe would uh, nobody would know that you're into? You know what? I think we we chatted about this before. Probably my my love for sci-fi, but not like the good sci-fi, but like the goofy sci-fi. I just can't the get enough. Like the, the cheesy, like I, if there's a Star Trek series, I'm on it. I'm watching it. I'm eating it up. <laughs> Old ones, new ones, all of them. All of it. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um. What this? I, I'm actually intrigued by this question. What music? do you listen to what's the best concert you've ever been to what was the worst um so i'm really bad for just with 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 spotify and and, and like the, the i'm really bad for just letting my uh streaming services choose for me i will just tell mm. you know, spotify play me whatever mood you know and i'll just listen to whatever it gives me um so that's the habit i got into recently instead of seeking out what i want i'm like i wonder what it's gonna tell me i should listen to um as far as concerts, probably the best concert I went to was um, Bjork when she came to uh, York. Uh, Toronto. At, it was a, a Virgin Fest like years and years and years ago. And Jesus, something else. <laughs> that was a good concert. Wow. That's, that, I've seen a lot of people <laughs> in concert. I've never seen Bjork in concert before. Um, what is a hobby you might have that surprises people who know you? either personally or just fans of yours or anybody really? Um, I don't think anybody's surprised by my hobbies. Um, well, I think uh, what we've just been discussing, I still consider it a hobby, even though it's also a business. Uh, so this is probably my biggest hobby. Um, but this is also uh, open gates to other hobbies. For example, um, just exploring my city. Like my husband and I will just get on our bikes huh. and we'll go and it, we'll call it like location scouting, but it's also just investigating our city and we'll like, it will, take photos and we'll see parts of the city we haven't seen before. And this has kind of become uh, a bigger hobby of ours just since we started doing uh, filming and finding locations. So nice to actually just get to know your city better. So that's sort of a big hobby of ours right now. You know, I was going to say, I feel like that as a process is underrated and uh, people take that for granted. It's like, uh, I don't want to say it's a staycation, but it's kind of making the most out of normal everyday life. So I like that approach quite a bit. Do you have yeah. um, any 
And I think you answered this in a bit of a pre-interview that you're going to find this next question ridiculous, but do you have any celebrities who follow you anywhere online and or any celebrities that you follow? Um, and you could qualify peer content creators, I suppose, adult content creators or any content creators um, to answer this question. Yeah. So most of my, most of my followers are other content creators. Um, and I, I, I do sometimes fangirl over if somebody re-follows me from like the actual professional <laughs> porn world. Um, like after the recent Pornhub Awards, a couple big stars in the industry started following me on Instagram and it was, it was very exciting. Like um, Johnny Sins and Kieran Lee, who are two big male uh, performers. So that was pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's, it's so silly. But that's uh, those are the those are the types of people that I that I'm following these days. So it's always you're, fun. You're when... on the radar now. You're you're kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah, on yeah. That side of thing. Don't giggle about it though. <laughs> to kind of wrap things up a little bit because I'm I know we're running a little long on time, but everybody has um, some kind of uh, either go to wisdom or like a cliche or something that they're fond of saying either by giving people advice or any kind of analogy or cliche or some go-to wisdom, something that kind of is your guiding principle, I suppose? Um, I wouldn't... Very tough I, question. It's a very tough is, question. I don't, I don't mean to put you on the spot. That's okay. And it, it isn't a difficult question. I don't have any real life motto or something that I say that, that gets, us, gets, gets me through or advice to give to someone else. But I think... Um, if I was to give somebody advice, I think back to when my husband and I first started having these discussions about, you know, making a step into ethical non-monogamy, for example, it took a lot for me to just jump into it. And there's a lot of stigma and there's a lot of, um, of, of shame around, uh, non-monogamous relationships still, even though there shouldn't be. Um, and I, I think if we hadn't just made the jump to like basically follow your heart, as they say, we never would have made it to where we are now. Um, so I think people like, I would just encourage people to not be afraid to have those discussions with your partner or have those discussions with your, your loved ones. You know, if, if you feel like something is right for you, like don't be afraid to make that step based on what society tells you is weird or wrong or immoral. So um, I think that was, that's probably the best advice. And I wish we'd, you know, I'm happy with where you ended up, but I wish we'd kind of had those discussions sooner because it's been such a fulfilling journey. So, yeah, follow, follow your heart. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you've got a good start, obviously, and you've got a good following. Where can people find you? Not um, physically, I mean, like, on, <laughs> online. Where can people find you, find your stuff and your projects? So... There's obviously Pornhub, which uh, Serenity Cox is, is the name of my channel. Um, there's my Instagram, which is serenitycox.official, my OnlyFans, which is also called Serenity Cox. Um, I also have a Serenity Cox Twitter account. Um, and you can find me in a lot of places. Pretty much there. go to Google and just type in her name, <laughs> and she's going to show up in a variety of different places. You'll find me. <laughs> hopefully this podcast will appear somewhere near the top as well. I can't thank you enough for spending some time. It's been awesome to chat with you, and I greatly appreciate it. Thanks. It's been an absolute pleasure. 
my thanks to Serenity Cox for the chat on this episode. To check the spelling there, it's S-E-R-E-N-I-T-Y-C-O-X if you're going to go looking for her. And thanks to you for listening. We'll catch you next time on Worldwide Celeb. Be sure to like or follow at WW Celeb Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. If you like the show, please leave a positive review and subscribe to stay up to date on new episodes when they're released. Wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, Worldwide Celeb is a Wavecast studio production hosted and produced by Chris Kelly with production and promo support from Adriana Botterill and Justin Simkin. For booking information and more details about the podcast, visit WorldWideCelebPodcast.com. Mm-hmm.